Welcome to Skin Care Moxie, the podcast to educate, inform, and empower you to care for and love the skin you're in. Presented by The A Method, the medical-grade skincare brand co-founded by induction therapy CEO Angelia Insko in collaboration with renowned cosmetic dermatologist Dr. Tina Alster. Welcome, listeners. I'm Kelly Fletcher, co-host of Skincare Moxie, along with Angelia Insko, who knows more about skincare than anyone walking the earth, in my humble opinion. Personally, I've been to dermatologists, medical spas, estheticians, beauty counters, multi-level marketing company presentations on skincare, and the list goes on. I am a product junkie, and I can tell you that there is simply no one better than Angelia Ensco, co-founder of the A-Method Medical Grade Skincare, to teach us about skincare, and that's why we're here to educate and empower you to make good decisions. Angelia, it's so good to be back here with you this week. Thank you, Kelly. I'm so looking forward to this session on clean beauty. It's such a controversial area. And I've just been so blessed myself to work along some with some of the best doctors out there to educate myself, learn a little bit more. And I didn't learn it all overnight. No, you didn't learn it all overnight, but you're going to teach us. And she's sharing generously of her knowledge for free with us. And we appreciate it so much. And I think I'm going to start calling you Professor Insko. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> but yet today's episode is the dirty truth about clean skincare. But before we dive into today's topic, I want to encourage our listeners to go back and listen to the very first podcast, the introductory episode, where we take a deep dive into your background, Angelia, and the skincare industry. But to sum it up, Angelia has spent the past three decades in the industry in many roles but in 2013, decided to stop working for other brands and start her own company. You go, girl. Thank you. You're doing, you're doing so well at it. And she co-founded the A Method with renowned cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Tina Alster. Angelia is also the inventor of the collagen pin microneedling device. So what I want everybody to know about the A Method is we all want a clear solution to our skincare concerns, right? So... At the A Method, your clinical approach to skincare makes building an effective skincare regimen simple so you can be confident in the brand you choose. So we're, you know, we're here to help you, guide you, navigate through this sometimes really confusing world of, of skincare. Now, all of the A Method products are free of parabens, fragrance, they're gluten-free, they're non-comedogenic, cruelty-free, and vegan which brings us once again today to clean skin. Why is everybody talking about it? Why is it's all I hear is clean skincare, clean skincare. What is it and why should we care? So because everything you put on your skin can get inside. So if you're putting toxins on your skin, they get inside your body. So I'm just going to throw out one there we could use. So some people, you know, aluminum, it can lead to Alzheimer's. Well, it's used in deodorant. It's used in toothpaste. You know, it could be used in skincare in certain places. But so you think maybe just using it in your deodorant won't do it. But it's this compounded, I keep putting on these toxins that we know, let's say for parabens, can lead to breast cancer or they can lead to infertility in men. Okay. So there's really, in my opinion, a lack of transparency in the skincare industry in general. And it's a highly unregulated industry. So I think for me and a lot of other women out there, there's a lot of confusion about what clean means. So let's just get down to the list of terms that I think we hear the most. Botanical, natural, clean, and organic. 
So to me, those all kind of sound the same, like natural and clean sound kind of the same. So I'm so happy that you're here to teach us what the heck all of this means so we can make informed decisions when we're buying and we don't just automatically assume when we see one of these words that it's good. So let's start with botanical. What do we need to know about products with botanical labeling? Well, they're not regulated. They usually do use a whole lot of natural, if you want to say ingredients, maybe essential oils, concentrations of natural flowers and that sort of thing. So I see some plant-based botanical products. So would that be an example of a botanical line? It's cer- yes, it certainly can be. But I'd like to interject here because when we say botanical and say plant-based, poison ivy is a plant, but I don't want to put it on my skin. So just Got because it. it says that, doesn't mean you want to put it on your skin. You said a while ago, natural and clean. Mud is natural, but I won't put it on my skin. It's certainly not clean, is it? Right. You know, and I like to use this term, arsenic. Arsenic is natural, but we don't want to necessarily use it, right? Right. So not everything that's natural is meant to go on your skin. We talk a lot about active ingredients. On the last episode about retinol, you talked a lot about the importance of the active ingredients in products. And I'm curious if it's a botanical and it's plant-based or uses a lot of flowers, herbs, plants, whatever. Are those ingredients active enough to really make a difference and be effective? At the right concentrations, but at those levels of concentration, they're very hard to stabilize. And what do you mean by that? The stabilization process. So it's hard to make it stable where it stays together and it's not oxidizing, especially plants. That's what they do. They oxidize. So let's say when you cut an apple and it turns dark, that's oxidation happening. So then if that was in a product and it happened, it would be falling apart and it would be ineffective because when it's oxidized, it's actually lost all its effectiveness. So basically shorter shelf life, because if it can't be stabilized, it's not going to last very long. Right. And that also goes not back to just the shelf life. But temperature control, you know, if it's in extremely hot or extremely cold or even at at room temperature, how long will it stay stable? So where do you see botanical products used most often? Is there a big market out there for botanical? There's a market for it, certainly. So I think what we need to look at here is that there is these categories that you've talked about. There's natural, there's botanical, there's clean, and there's organic. The only one that's regulated is organic. So all the others, people could just be putting a label on there saying it's this or that, and you wouldn't know the difference. The only category that has any form of regulation is organic. Okay, so let's go down the list since we talked about botanical. Let's move on to natural and try to figure out what this means in the world of skincare. We see natural skincare very often. And like you said earlier on this podcast, what goes on your skin goes in to your body and absorbed. So if a brand is using all natural in their marketing messaging, what does that mean? And does it even mean anything? Not really, honestly. I mean, they're trying to claim that they make it out of natural, all natural ingredients. But a lot of our things that we think are natural, for instance, like glycolic acid comes from sugarcane. And even though it comes from sugarcane, the ones that are used in the skincare products are actually remade in a lab. They're not the natural occurring ones that you're getting out of the sugarcane. It's that they've taken that molecule, remade it in the lab, so now it's stable. Oh, that's interesting. I never knew that glycolic acid came from sugarcane molecules. Well, there you have it. Learn something else new today. So 
natural means nothing artificial. So does that mean if it says natural, there are no parabens or silicones in it? It should be. But once again, that is a category that is not regulated. So are you actually saying that there can be silicone in a product that is labeled natural and that is legal? Technically, it is legal because there's no regulation on that category. So it wouldn't be illegal because there's nobody to deem it illegal. And why are silicones so bad? Well, they're like polymers. So if you think of a polymer like a little plastic bead, then they can get, you know, if they get below your surface, you can get what's called a granuloma. And they can actually be very comedogenic and blocking your pores. Now, there is a good place for silicones. So like anything, where there's a bad, there's usually a good. They also create a barrier on your skin. So if you have something like eczema, atopic dermatitis, silicones in a proper product could be good because it's going to create that barrier that your skin isn't naturally forming for itself anymore. Okay. So if you're trying to keep something out of your skin, then that could possibly be a good use for a silicone. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is some crazy marketing stuff right now. You know, who are the good guys that (laughs) what natural products and ingredients are actually good for your skin? Can you give us some examples of, you gave us a lot of examples of natural products that aren't good for your skin or your body, like arsenic or aluminum. So what are some natural products that are good for your skin? Coconut oil. Coconut oil. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of like green tea out there. That's a good good one as well. And vitamin C, of course. Vitamin C. Any others? What about soy? That's one thing that I hear a lot. Well, there's estrogen problems when using soy. And you can, I used to drink soy milk with my lattes. And you can get too much of it and it can lead to estrogen issues. So I don't recommend soy. Like, but you look at lactic acid, it comes from milk. So, I mean, there's almost all of your alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids come from a natural ingredient. And we'll be able to talk about that. I think we have one coming up, Kelly. Yes, we do. So I have a thyroid condition, so I should definitely try to stay away from skincare products with soy in them. So... That brings us to the next term that lends confusion to the category, and that is clean. What is the difference between clean and natural? They sound like the same thing to me. Well, they're not, because not all natural is clean. So clean is actually considered to be a little bit more credible than all natural. So it means that it is free of a lot of these ingredients that aren't good for you, like sulfites and silicones and parabens and mineral oil and talc and petrolatum. Gluten. I think it actually could be considered clean, even if it had gluten in it. Okay. And what about, you know, I couldn't believe this, but I've seen on the, I read somewhere that some products actually have formaldehyde in them. They do. And what is that? Would that be used for in a product? It could be stabilization. Okay. Mm -hmm. And preservative. Formaldehyde is a preservative. Okay. Is that good to have in, I mean, I just think of it in like a crazy madman's lab formaldehyde. I mean, I, I, I mean, don't where you I'll, see eyeballs up in a jar yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't want that in my skincare. No, no, I don't want that in my skincare okay, either. either. And then salt. I mean, salt is a natural preservative. And that's okay. You can have that in there. It has a benefit. Okay. I really want to dive in a little bit more to what the deal with gluten is in skincare products, because this seems to be a fairly new thing on the horizon, gluten-free skincare products. What does it matter? I understand the food aspect of gluten But how can gluten impact your skin? Well, like we said, everything that goes on can go in. And so somebody who's highly reactive to gluten, they have celiac, 
They have to be very careful. They don't want it in anything. Because it could trigger a response. If you're just gluten-free by choice because it makes you feel bad, then having gluten in your skincare probably wouldn't affect you whatsoever. But it's if you can make them clean without it, why not just do it? And that's what we do. Okay, so this kind of gets into where the cleaner the skincare, the less ingredients that you're going to see in it. Yes. And then also earth-friendly recyclable packaging. Does that play into the clean skincare movement? It does. Okay. So, but once again, there's still zero regulations on what clean skincare terminology means. Right. That's true. There's nobody, no body of people watching that, making sure your claims are correct. All right. So that brings us to organic. So once again, I relate this to shopping for groceries. I feel convicted to buy organic, but then you hear stories that make you question what organic even means. And, you know, you buy organic eggs and you're like, or, or organic eggs worth $5.99 or $6.99 a dozen versus free range or cage free brown egg. You know, I mean, it's so confusing. And it's like this in skincare too. Unless it comes out of the ground from my backyard, do I really know what's in it? And it's the same with skincare. Tell us about organic. Okay, so organic, there's really three different categories that fall underneath that. There's made with organic ingredients. To have that claim, you should be 70 to 95% of your ingredients should be a certified organic ingredient. That does not mean that this, the product you're making with that ingredient can be certified. It can say made with organic ingredients. There's organic, which means that 95% of the more of the ingredients are certified organic ingredients. Now, there is certified organic, and there, this is where the USDA certifies that product as organic. So that, when you get that, you know you've got an organic product. So it's been tested in a lab and proven to be completely yes, and organic. All the, all the paperwork's been filed, and the USDA has overlooked all of that. They've studied it, and they know that you are getting an organic product. So not just your organic product, your whole, where it's made has to be organic. Everything. And this has been tested, studied, inspected, everything. Angelia, when it comes to medical grade skincare, is it really that important to be organic? Because if you're going to get the most effective ingredients, can you do that and still be labeled organic? I've never seen a medical skincare line that's certified, everything's certified, all organic. Okay. Okay. So there's too many things that happen in medical grade skincare that do have to do with being made in the lab. In fact, TCA, TCA, trichloracetic acid, is not naturally occurring. It's made in a lab. It's where it comes from. Retinol, we've talked about that before. Retinol is a vitamin A derivative that comes from a carrot. But do we go get the carrot and make it? No, it's reproduced in a lab. Okay, and nothing reproduced in a lab would ever be considered certified organic. Well, it could, no, it, it absolutely could be. But then we got to go one step further and say, well, your packaging was or, organic when you put, you know, you had organic environment and all that. And I just don't see that that much. It's just like anything else. If you're going to recreate something in a lab and you recreate the molecular structure, right? So I guess the big takeaway is that you don't have to use organic skincare. You can still get a clean enough skincare that does what it needs to do, and we mostly need to be concerned about the less ingredients, the better, 
We don't want any of those artificial silicones, parabens, formaldehyde, mineral oils, all the lists that you gave. So if we just keep it simple in that regard, then we can make good decisions. True. Look for skincare products that have less ingredients, but the active ingredient you want. That's what I do. If I pick something up, let's say I'm looking at two retinols and one of them has 10 ingredients, one of them has 20. I'm going to go with the 10. I'm less likely to have a reaction in my skin. And if I'm getting the benefit I want from the retinol. And one of the things I've heard you say is pay really close attention to the first three ingredients. And if it's a vitamin C or a retinol or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, you really want it to be within the first three ingredients. I would say first five, depending on the strength of the product. Okay. Because the weaker the product, it might slide back a little bit. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, that's a good consumer tip. I think we have got to get smarter about reading skincare product labels in the same way that we've gotten smarter about reading food labels over the years. Well, it's supposed to be that when you read a skincare product label, that the order that it is in on the label is most of the ingredient to the least amount. So the last one should be the least amount in there. Right. So look at it that way. So then look at it this way. Let's say I have 1% retinol in there. Anything that falls after the retinol would be less than 1% of each of those ingredients. Anything before it, we know is going to be more than 1%. Right. If that's at the 1%. If it's labeled legally, I think some people don't necessarily always do that. But if that label is done and it's done legally, that's how it should read. Okay. So, wow, if you've got 1% retinol and everything after it is less than 1%, you have to ask how necessary was that really to be in it in the first place? Correct. Okay. Lots of good information here. I hope we've helped dispel some of the myths and confusion about what the difference between botanical, natural, organic, and clean are. So, thank you, Angelia. I, I want to ask you at the end of each episode every week, I'm asking you about a product or ingredient that you're really excited about right now. So is there something this week that's that you want to highlight? Well, we do have a new cleanser. And I thought since this week was about being clean, we would talk about our new cleanser. It's a Silky Sea cleanser. So and it is. It's just a creamy Silky Sea cleanser. And it's in a nice tube that stands up. So on your counter. So when it's standing there, all your cleansers at the bottom, you're not right. having to shake and pump and all of that. And we're get, having really, really good feedback about that cleanser. So is there an active ingredient in it or is it just a gentle everyday cleanser? No, it's got vitamin C. Oh, it's got vitamin C. Awesome. So, and I love the name of it. Silky C going into summer just feels, feels like summer. And so, silky. Yeah. And it's yeah. silky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so thank you, Angelia, for sharing your wisdom, insights, and your passion for skincare with all of us. It's, I think it's really important. So thank you. Thank you, Kelly. To our listeners, don't forget to follow the Skincare Moxie podcast and social media by following The A Method on Facebook and The A Method at The A Method on Instagram. You can also follow the hashtag Skincare Moxie and Moxie is spelled M-O-X-I-E. Would love for you to subscribe to the podcast so it comes directly to your inbox each week. If you visit theamethod.com and click on the podcast icon, you can subscribe and you will also receive a 20% one-time discount code in your email inbox off of your first order. Now, if you're like me and you still may be a little confused about what regimen you want to be on and you want to take advantage of that 20% and get all your products, Angelia has agreed 
that she will answer your skincare questions personally if you email her at Angelia at theamethod.com. And for the sake of clarity, Angelia is spelled just like it sounds, A-N-G-E-L-I-A at theamethod.com. And a special thanks today to our sound engineer, Chris Hill of Knoxville-based HumblePod. He's at humblepod.com. Thanks, everyone. Until next week. <laughs>